Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast, your source for all things running and travel in super fun destinations around the world. We're your hosts, Gerald Mitchell and Natalie Mitchell. So Nat, who are we talking to and where are we going this week? In this first week of a new year, we are so happy to welcome Courtney Carter to the show. Courtney is a 10-time marathoner, lawyer by trade, currently leads diversity at a law firm, and serves as a diversity, equity, and inclusion advisor for Wazell. If anyone knows the details of what makes DC a great runner city, it's Courtney. And she tells us everything we need to know in this conversation. Courtney is a dynamic person who is doing big things in the running world, and we're excited to share our chat with you. All right, friends, we won't keep you waiting any longer. Please enjoy our conversation with Courtney Carter. How are you doing? I'm okay. It's, um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time in D.C. It's Ooh, a yes. crazy, you know, D.C. has just changed a lot. A yeah, lot. Like for the, like for the good or the not so good? Well, I think there's lots of positives, yeah. but just sort of as anything, uh, with anytime you have gentrification, people get pushed out and, I think that DC has lost a little bit of its sort of like feeling like you have community and, and people sort of know each other and you have people who've been in the community for a long time. When that starts to shift, it just feels different. Um, where I live, I have lots of neighbors who have been here for a long time and I, I love that. I think that's great. I mean, they... I feel like a lot of my neighbors remind me of like my aunts and uncles because they're like oh, yeah. super nosy. Like I have a neighbor across the street is like a 60-ish year black guy who's like all in my business all the time. But in like the best possible way, like how <laughs> your family is, you know, yeah. like knows when I'm in town. I mean, I'm in town all the time now, but when I used to travel for work, he would know when I was gone because he'd be like, oh, your car's gone or oh, you're traveling. Oh, this, you know, like two weeks ago, he was like, oh, your hair's so great. I'm like, thanks, Neil. I'm getting it colored. Leave me alone, you know. DC is pretty safe in general. Certainly, you know, way, way safer than it was, you know, sort of in the 90s, when sort of at the, the murder capital of the world or whatever. Um, so DC is safe and there's just so much to do and restaurants. Of course, all of this is like pre-pandemic. And <laughs> so there are lots of positives and I love to see the growth, but um, I think that DC also still needs to do a lot more work to make it a livable city for everyone not just for people at sort of the upper echelon of the the wealth spectrum. Cool. Well, when we decided to do this podcast and we were thinking about people in different places that different cities and towns and we we're like, okay, DC. And I was like, oh, we have to talk to Courtney. Like we have to talk to Courtney. Cause she, yeah, it just, I know that you like, know. it just seems like, you know, I what's going on and you know, that you love your city so much. And that's what we I do. You know, I mean, it's like a perfect combination. Runner who loves, truly loves their city. So, um, so yeah, thank you so much for doing this tonight. Courtney, I am very, very interested to start off with your running story. So if you could tell us a bit about how you took up the marathon or distance running in general and where it all started and, and where you are now with running in general. Sure. So um, my dad actually planted the running seed for me when I was a kid. Uh, my dad ran, he was military and he would run um, any year we were close to Maryland, DC. He would run the army 10 miler every year. And I just remember him always going out on runs and my mom always referencing his little like short shorts that his little his little split shorts that he would wear on his runs. And uh, when I was probably, I think eight, my dad says I was older, I started going out with him on my bike while he was running. So he was my first inspiration to uh, take up running. And I ran track in high school, although track, it wasn't my first choice. I would have actually preferred to play basketball, but it was not good. So I did not make the team and the track team didn't cut me once. So I decided I would run track. Um, and I was a sprinter and a hurdler, which sounds crazy. You know, two decades later, I would probably kill myself if I tried to hurdle something today. But back in the day, I could do that. Um, and I really loved that. I loved, you know, the team aspect and, you know, having something to do. But after high school, 
I didn't really run much. And it's hard to be a sprinter as an adult unless you're, you know, pro athlete, <laughs> you, you know, as a normal person, like sprinting, like, okay, I did that once now, what am I going to do? Um, so when I was in law school, a group of us decided that we would train for our first half marathons together. So we started what we called uh, the Brown Girls Run Club, very unique name. Uh, but we were actually pretty inclusive, even though that was our name, we had a couple of white girls in our group too. And we all trained and ran our first 10 miler and our first half marathon in our last year of law school. The 10 miler was great. The half was horrible. I hated it. Um, I went to law school at UVA in Charlottesville, Virginia. And if you know Charlottesville, or if you're listening and know Charlottesville, Charlottesville is super hilly, but it's beautiful. The course, which I think has changed, this was back in 2007, the course basically took us for most of the race like out on some backcountry road that was super hilly and like nothing to look at. Instead of the, all of the beautiful scenery in Charlottesville, we missed it all. And I was like, that sucked. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> so I didn't run another half marathon until 2012, five years later, because I was so traumatized from the first one. But I got back into it. I had moved to D.C. by that point, and I ran um, the rock and roll D.C. race, which I also didn't necessarily love, uh, but I loved the sort of running. So I got back into regular running, and uh, the following April was the Boston Marathon bombing. And I decided that my response to the bombings, I was so upset and didn't know what to do. I decided that my response would be to sign up for a marathon. Uh, that was how I was going to, you know, show the terrorist. And like that was my form of resistance. So I signed up for the Richmond Marathon in Richmond, Virginia, uh, which was in November. And that was my first marathon. Um, and just like many folks immediately after, I remember I was on the phone with my dad and I was like, I'm never doing that again. And he was like, okay. Then a couple hours later, I'd have to have, you know, a beer or two and some pizza. And I was like, well, you know, if I run just like 30 seconds faster every mile, that's like 13 minutes off my time. I could surely do that. And that's how it all started. Um, and 10 marathons later, here I am eagerly awaiting the opportunity to train for another in-person marathon. Oh my gosh. I know. I mean, well, first of all, I was just super excited that we were going to get a chance to talk to you. So for everybody listening, the first time I met Courtney was in Boston at the Boston Marathon. So um, it was my first time doing Boston and like Wazelle had a shakeout run and I brought mm -hmm. my mom with me. She was yep. helping with the kids and I'm like, I remember mom, your sweet mom. Run. Yep. And I'm like, just hang out and I'm going to run. And then we're going to, you know, we'll, I'll be back. And I remember meeting you and like your smile is like lit up the whole, you know, you were just had such a beautiful smile and you were so sweet and kind. And the, the one thing that stands out is all of these women that were there was like, you were like, famous. They were like coming up to you and Courtney, Courtney. Oh my gosh. It's so ha I'm so happy to see you. And like, everybody was so drawn to you. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Um, it's not only me that, you know, is wanting to meet Courtney and, and just loves, you know, your, your smile and your optimism and enthusiasm for running, but like all these other women were like totally running up to you. So it was just so funny. And like, I just remember how sweet you were to my mom. And like, so that was my first introduction in person to you which was I, that 2016 yeah it was 2016 oh my gosh so like wow. another it seems like another lifetime ago yeah but um that was a fun weekend it was so much fun and I loved you know I love that whole energy in the group and um but yeah I love hearing about your story we have some similar things in common I also my dad was a runner and so um he never did any formal races or anything but he loved to like run these crazy distances. And so I would kind of watch him go out the door and, and say, well, yeah, I think I want to try that too. And, but one thing that we don't have in common is that I can't imagine hurtling over anything. <laughs> so I well, that's never, a very, it's a very distant memory. <laughs> I was never a hurdler. Oh man. 
Wow. Okay. So 10 marathons, that's a lot of marathons. Do you have a favorite? So I have two favorites. Richmond has a very special place in my heart. You know, it was my first, it's the only marathon I've run more than once. I've run it three times and I just, it's the perfect sort of mid-sized race where it's small enough that you'll be able to easily find your people. If you know other people running, you might come across them in the race, but it's big enough that you're not going to be alone. Unless maybe if you're like one of the top 50 finishers, there are some stretches, but that's, that's not my reality. So like, I'm never alone when I run that one. So it's really nice. Um, so Richmond for sure, but also New York. I mean, um, I just, yeah. that's like, goodness, New York was insane. It's just the wildest experience. It's such a special weekend in New York City. And I, I like New York. Don't kill me, New York people. But like, I, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I want to live in New York. I want to, I, I like to go, but I have no desire to live there. Um, no offense. It's a wonderful city, but I love visiting. I think that Marathon Weekend is just the best. Everyone's so nice. Everyone's so excited. And the way New Yorkers come out, it is like nothing I've ever seen. And, you know, I've spectated Boston, as you know, and Boston is incredible. But New York, it's like start to finish. And that, I feel like running that race as a sort of middle of the pack runner, that's the closest experience I will probably ever have to feeling like a rock star while racing. Because I, I wore this little, you know, people wear the things. I wore a little bib that had my name on it. And I just, I heard my name the whole race. And it was just insane. It's like, I started off like fist pumping when somebody would shout my name. And then I was like, okay, that's not, they're not going to stop. So I can't, that's too much energy. So then I just like would nod. And then that moved to like a smile. And by the end, it was just like, okay, I'll just look at you. <laughs> like that's my acknowledgement. Because that's the only thing I have left to, for energy to do. Um, New York City, I feel like I will enter the lottery for that race like every single year and run it anytime I get in because it just was so, so fun. I mean, it's hard, but gosh, such a great tour of the boroughs. Just I, I loved everything about it. I can't believe that I have never run the New York City Marathon. It's funny because- Are you serious? I'm, I have never run it. Like, and, and that's oh. the same express, you know, that's what people will say to me. Like, they're like, oh my gosh, you run marathons, you know, whatever we'll talk about. They're like, have you run New York City? And I'm like, no. They're like, you haven't run the New York City Marathon. But so I'm definitely, we've gone and spectated. Um, we were there like maybe five or six years ago to spectate, which was so much fun. Like right. you were which saying. Which is insane. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, it's like- Whoa. <laughs> I mean, there's people everywhere. It's so much fun. Like everyone's happy. The city is like, you know, on fire with the, the enthusiasm. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, I definitely have to do it. I, I don't know. I guess something always just comes up where I'm like, oh, I'll do this marathon instead. So, all right, now I definitely, I'll well, definitely. Have it's to a lot it. logistically. I mean, it's, it's expensive. It's a lot. It's a whole production, but goodness, is it worth it? It is you know, really, really special. And it's super well done. So yeah, cool. yeah, you definitely have to, and you're probably fast enough that you can qualify for New York. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Cool. It's the lottery or you have to qualify. Okay. So I'll definitely have to put that on my list. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to ask you too, really quickly. So I know you've done 13, is that right? Half marathons or more than that? Sounds right. I, I, I know I it was a so. lot. <laughs> that sounds that sounds right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> I have to like go back and count, but that sounds about right. <laughs> I know I was gonna. I was thinking like you know sometimes when people do so many like marathons and half marathons, do you have a favorite? Do you love one distance more than the other? Uh, definitely, I would rather do a marathon than a half marathon. Yeah. Uh, the ten mile is actually I think my favorite distance to race. I feel like it's long enough that you're like, yeah, I did something, but it's like not a half because you get to five and you're like halfway done. Sweet. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is about those extra three and a half. At a marathon, it's like you have time to kind of warm up and I don't, yeah, I would, I mean, I would probably do a marathon over a half if I had to, if I had to choose. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I love the marathon too. Um, 
There's just something about it. It's just like, I don't know. I really like training for it. And you're right. It does take a while to warm up. And so you, you have plenty of time to like kind of get into your groove. And I don't know, there's just something really special when you finish and you're like, oh my gosh, I did, I did that, you know, and it's incredible. So, yeah. I mean, every, every time it's amazing. It's like, wow. Hmm. Despite wow. the pain. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, wait. So, okay. Um, I no, I okay. Ahead. I'm sorry, babe. Like, I know we're gonna we are here to talk about DC and we are definitely gonna talk get all into DC. I'm so excited about that. But um, I really wanted to ask you really quickly because I, I I love that you're doing this. Um, so you your brand new role, we know that you are a lawyer, and I know you um went to UVA for law school and um and you haven't practiced since 2010. Is that right? Practice? Yeah. Long. Okay. Gosh, that's such a long time <laughs> ago. Like 10 years yeah. goes by. But I love that you, what you're doing right now with Wazelle. Will you tell everybody listening what your role is right now with Wazelle? Sure. Yeah. So um, I've, I guess I'll go back just a little bit. I have been on the Wazelle Vole team since. Since 2013, actually, yeah, because I was on the team when, before I ran my first marathon. And um, probably one of the reasons so many people came over and knew who I was when I met you, Natalie, was because there weren't a lot of Black people on the team then. <laughs> and like, I'm like kind of loud and I have a big personality. So but people knew who I was because there wasn't many of us. And it's been really gratifying for me over the years that I've been a part of the team to see it become more diverse and more inclusive and something that's important to me on many levels. Um, and I've also been really fortunate to get the opportunity to know and develop just beautiful, deep friendships with Sally, who founded the company, and Sarah Lesko, who's one of the investors and handles all the elite athletes, and to just really learn the brand at a level that it seems pretty wild to me that I'm sort of have these amazing, incredible friends who happen to have created this amazing, incredible thing. Um, and honestly, I think that this whole thing started over a conversation, maybe on my couch. I'm like the unofficial host house for when you know, Sally and Lesko and folks come to town. And I, I swear, I can't remember exactly, but I think we were just like, we were always talking about inclusion and what that looks like. And um, after, you know, lots of conversations, Sally said, we'd really be interested in formalizing our, our relationship um, and bringing you on on a very you know, limited basis, um, but serving as a DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion advisor, focusing specifically on the Volet, which is the ambassador team. And um, I've been a leader on the DC version of the Volet um, for years. And it's, you know, it's a group that I care deeply about. And so for me to have the chance to work with the team and work specifically with the leaders um, has been great. So we've done, I've done a training for them. I pulled together a lot of resources. Uh, we're gonna be doing some ongoing training, including onboarding of new leaders and really just doing what needs to be done to ensure that the team is as inclusive as it can be. Um, so it's not, you know, it's, it's a limited position. I mean, I have a day job and <laughs> um, all of these other things, but it's kind of a dream to be able to work on issues that I care about with a brand I believe in and people I very much respect. So it's been really cool. That is so amazing. I've loved kind of, you know, seeing from afar what you've been doing and just um, the work that you've been doing is so important and they're lucky to have you. That's really, oh, they're going to bring, bring so much. I mean, you've already brought so much and there's so much more than I know you're going to, to be doing. And I love this because you also lead uh, diversity initiatives at a, at a, a law firm. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's my day job. Yeah. So I'm the director of diversity and inclusion at a law firm called Jenner and Block, and we have about 500 lawyers and about 400 professional staff across four U.S. offices and a London office as well. 
Um, and it's, I, I'm just, I'm really fortunate. I, I have a lot of friends who, who do what I do at other law firms, and um, they're always joking that I'm one of the only ones who likes my job. <laughs> and it's true, I do, I do love my job. It's really hard because a lot of this is behavioral change. You know, one half is behavioral change, the other half is sort of the systems change. Um, and they're both hard, but behavioral change is incredibly difficult, especially in adults, especially in adults that tend to be type A, which is often lawyers. And that's like me, I'm talking about myself. Uh, so it is a challenge, but I'm so grateful because I work with just the best folks who the issue at my firm and at lots of firms isn't like, well, what's the business case and why are we doing this? It's like, we know this is important. This is one of our core values. What are the things that we can do to make this better? What are the system tweaks we need to change? What are the initiatives we need to put into place? What are all of the things that we need to do? Let's figure out how to do them. And that's the fun stuff is like the meat. And so um, I'm just really fortunate to have the job I have, have the lawyers and professional staff that we have at the firm. I have great leadership. My managing partners are just stellar and have led us so well through this crazy year. My managing partners took over as co-managing partners January 1. So I'm like, God bless them because who would have signed up if you would have known what was coming? It's like, oh my gosh. Um, so it's really tough and, you know, basically that weekend that George Floyd was murdered, everything just went into overdrive and it's been pretty crazy since. But one of the things that I think is really a positive out of a tough year and just tough times is I think the combination of people being at home in the midst of a pandemic, and then you layer all of this racial injustice over it, people are more vulnerable than they've ever been. And they're having more open and honest conversations. And they're willing to think about well, what is it that I can do in a way that I don't know if we would have gotten there without a, this sort of horrible <sighs> conflation of events. And none of them are positive. But I do think that there is something to be said about it creating this perfect storm to create this environment where we are not just talking about inclusion. We are talking about racism and we are calling it out and we're like, you know, cutting the crap, so to speak. Um, so while it's been really tough, I am very grateful to have the opportunity to work at a place where what my team and I do is valued and we have support and we have people who are with us and who push us and who challenge us and who make us better. Uh, and it's it's incredibly rewarding while at the same time being incredibly draining. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I mean, and but the the wonderful thing is that how you've kind of wrapped everything, like, you know, going to law school and then and, and now coming to this where you're doing such important work, not only with the law firm that you're with, but like now rolling that over into the running industry and, and working with Wazelle, it really is, it's got to feel so gratifying to be able to, you know, to do that, you know, such wonderful things with a law degree, you know? Yeah, it's really kind of wild. I didn't know that jobs like mine existed when I was in law school. Um, they did, and there were people doing it then. I had no idea. And it has been just pretty unimaginable in the sense that I, I never would have charted it out as it has happened. But, you know, that's sort of life. And it's so great. And I'm so happy that I found something that I'm really passionate about. And I still feel like I use my law degree all the time. And I get to work with cool people. And you know, my partnership with Wazelle has just been incredible. And the opportunity to collaborate with all kinds of folks around something that I love to do, but is also my profession. It's, I feel, I feel really lucky. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's really a cool thing. I'm very fortunate. Cool. Awesome. So with these, so you got a big job 
And 2020 has made it crazy because it's so much, you know, I'm sure it's crazy all the time, but just this extra, 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 right? Um, Mm -hmm. How are you leveraging using finding your oasis in running when you leave, when you finally get the, you know, hang it up for the day? And how how does running play into that on a daily basis, weekly basis? Uh, And what do you get out of it for you just as you're one of your spaces to get away from it all? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And the answer has changed throughout this stay at home quarantine period. Early on, um, I was right when pandemic was sort of starting to really hit and take root, I was planning on running the New York City half, which was supposed to be like March 14th or 15th or right there in the middle of like everything blowing up. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember actually talking on the phone with my parents and being like, oh, I don't know if they're going to cancel this race. I don't know if I should go. And they were like, no, you shouldn't go to New York. Like, cause at the time New York was such a, an emerging hotspot and sort of all of these things. And of course, obviously the race was canceled and all of that, but um so initially it was like, all right, I organized a group of people. This was before we knew that you shouldn't run in groups. This was before anybody sends me any like nasty messages. This was literally like March 12th or 13th. Um, I, the last group run actually I've done, uh, a bunch of people who were either supposed to run New York or supposed to run some other half around that time. And we ran a half marathon around the city. Um, so it's like at first it was just like, all right, I'm going to cling to all of this and just run whatever I was supposed to run. A couple months later, I was like, oh, this is exhausting. And so it just sort of segued into like just getting out of the house every day and running in the mornings in place of my daily commute. Um, and so it was just like a, a sanity place mark, <laughs> really. And then summer hit. And it got hot and humid as it always does here. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I ordered a Peloton (laughs) and uh, didn't run for like a month or so. Then the weather cooled, sort of like, all right, I missed it. Started running every Saturday with one of my good girlfriends. And that has been just so wonderful. Like, I miss my Saturday running groups, but I've been meeting my girlfriend and we meet downtown and we run along the mall and we, you know, sometimes seen other friends out there running, especially the last month or so. Lots of people have been running virtual races and marathons and just a sort of like catch up opportunity and a semblance of normalcy in a time that's so stressful and we use it as our time to catch up. And so it has been a saving grace. Um, it's been a lot of things this year, but right now it's sort of that sense of normalcy. And now that it's finally cool and chilly, it's like, oh, great. So now I'm you know, getting back out there a few times a week, which is awesome. Okay, I have to jump in really quickly. You got to tell me about this Peloton. Everyone is talking about it. I feel like now everyone has one. And now we're talking to you guys at the beginning of November. And so I'm not running. I'm just recovering from this crazy knee surgery. And I'm just now biking. And I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I should get a Peloton. (laughs) So do you love it? Yes. And I think I have talked 10 friends and colleagues into buying one since I got mine. Uh, I got mine in July. I, I love it so much. And I was like, not a big spin person. I used to, I would take occasional classes. Like if a friend asked me to go to, you know, a studio with them, but I didn't do it regularly. And, you know, again, it was fun, but I was kind of like, take it or leave it. But I just, you know, the middle of the summer, it was so hot. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I could just like do something inside my house? And, and I was concerned about the winter and I was like, what if, you know, it's, we can't leave the house. And we, I just was like, oh, I don't know. So I ordered it and it's pretty amazing. I mean, I have to say that it is, um, I'm on it, not every day, but I tell you, I got my bike July 20th and I'm 98 rides in. Oh, 
Wow. Um, so I'm counting down to my hundredth ride. And what I love is, so just the whole, and I'm, when I'm looking up to the side, I'm like looking at it because I love it so much. I'm like, oh, hi. Hi, how are you? Um, <laughs> I'm like obsessed. But the, the interface is so wonderful and there's just so much content. Yeah. Like I, there's just so many classes, you know, they did a Hamilton ride recently. All of the instructors did these Halloween rides. There's this power zone training that is super cool. And you figure out your different zones and it's personalized to you. And then you take these classes and you're working within your own zone. So it's based on your current fitness, which I think if you are a nerdy runner who loves data and metrics, you would love that. I love it. It's like, there's just a lot. And um, then there's other workouts too off the bike. So there's like, this, there's morning I did a core class with bands, there's strength classes, there's bar classes, there's yoga. I do a lot of the sleep meditations before I go to bed. Um, I am obsessed with the Peloton. <laughs> I love it. I want okay, to buy the Peloton treadmill, but it's the tread is it's humongous. And, you know, I live in DC and 900 square feet. Um, so I probably need to buy a bigger house to host the tread, but yeah, I love the bike. It's great. Okay. You need to be a spokesman for Peloton for yes, sure. That was yes. like the best infomercial <laughs> commercial that I've heard. Sold. <laughs> I'm putting down my I, credit card. I'm, I'm really passionate about things I like. <laughs> I love that. Now I, I have to follow up. So when you are outside, you do, um, you know, as, as a Californian, the, the term DMV means the department of motor vehicles, the last place you want to go, but where you are, that has a totally different connotation. And you seem to be a DMV homer. Like that has been your home base your entire life. Um, what I'm coming to, I'm coming to see DC and the surrounding area. Um, tell us about your favorite run when you are outside. What, what does that look like? All the terrain, yeah. what I'm going to see, what, what's that about? Sure. Um, so first, I'm, I'm not a like DC lifer. Uh, my dad was military, so we moved a lot as a kid. But okay. I this is the longest I've lived any place consecutively, and now it's like 11 or so years in, and so definitely it feels like home. Certainly like my adult home. Um, I, I think you know there are a couple of different classic DC runs depending on what you want. I have like a little loop that I'll take people like my running tour if I have people from out of town who want to run and they want to you know see all of the sites. So you do a little loop of the National Mall. Um, generally now I start the loop kind of in the middle which is uh, like 14th, 15th and Constitution which is where the African American History Museum is. And that's the last Smithsonian Museum that will be added on the National Mall, which opened a few years ago. So you can start there and then you can pick your direction, go either way. Um, if you go east, you'll head towards the Capitol and you can run towards the Capitol. You can, if you're feeling spicy, run up Capitol Hill, which is a literal hill, a long hill. Um, so you can run up Capitol Hill and circle the back of the Capitol. And if you circle the back of the Capitol, then that gets you the view of Supreme Court, which is across the street, of course, from the Capitol. So you have to go up to back to be able to see it. Then you can come back down the hill, which is always the best part. Uh, and then you can continue back on the mall, which will take you past everything. If you go back the way you came, You'll run past numerous Smithsonian museums. Then you'll get back to the Washington Monument. And then when you're at the monument, you have passed the African-American History Museum where you started. And at that point, you're, depending on if you went all the way up the hill, you're uh, two to three miles in. And you can decide to either keep going straight and that'll take you all the way to Lincoln. So that'll take you, you know, reflecting pool to Lincoln. Or you can veer off and take a little detour to go see Martin Luther King Memorial, which I like to take people there because um, you can see MLK. And then when you see him, you're right by the water. Um, 
the Potomac. And then you can also see across the water, Thomas Jefferson. Mm. And then there's also little detours you can take off of that. Uh, but if I was doing that, you'd see Martin Luther King, you'd see across the water, TJ, then you can continue going and then still go and end up at Lincoln. You can go up the steps of the Lincoln and you can see there's a marker. If you go up the steps, that marks the exact spot where Martin Luther King stood and gave his speech. Oh, wow. And so you can, it's a nice place to sort of, you know, you climb up the steps. You're probably pretty tired at that point. You're about five miles in. Just take it all in. It's a beautiful view of the city, of the mall. And it's pretty classic. You know, you're going to see all the cool things. Um, you will even, depending on which side, you would have gotten a view of the back of the White House as well. So that's a pretty good base route. And um, that's the most frequent route that I will take people if they're visiting. Because if you're visiting, you want to see all of the things. Yeah. Um, but the great thing about DC is you have stuff like that, but then you also have our trails. And it's pretty amazing to me that I live in a place where you can, you know, city, city, city and buildings, not high buildings, because DC has a height limit for buildings, but lots of buildings. And of course, everything that's beautiful on the mall, but then you can go a mile or two in one direction and be really like in the woods. So Rock Creek um, Park is huge. Lots of people know it. And within Rock Creek, you can run on the road or you can also literally go off road in all of the little trails up and down and all around. Um, which I will do if I'm with a person, but not on my own, because I'm scary like that. And I'm convinced I would like break my ankle and then be there and my phone would die and no one would find me or like I would see a bear. And I, I just, I can't be doing all that. But it is beautiful, especially in the summer because it's shaded and lots of it's by water, which is nice too. Um, so that's sort of another classic thing. And then another I said two, so I really have three. What I really like to do is I really like to go on the Anacostia River Walk Trail. And that is an 18 mile long trail that will take you all the way from DC or by the baseball stadium, then runs you east all the way into Maryland. And it's another thing where you start, you're in the city, you're by the stadium, you're seeing everything. And then literally two miles later, you're in woods surrounded by trees and often deer are coming out of, I mean, it's just like nature uh, and it's pretty cool. It's a paved trail um, and it's, it's awesome. So we have a lot of variety and a lot of hills too, <laughs> uh, but it's just sort of whatever you're in the mood for, which I think is awesome. Yeah. That is incredible. Like, I mean, I'm starting to see now, you know, it's funny with social media. That's the wonderful thing about social media, because before I was on social media, I mean, I've been to DC a couple of times, but I haven't really like really gone for a, like a long run there. And so I wouldn't have ever yeah. thought about, especially like the trails. Yeah, Rock Creek. Is I know. Yeah. And, and do you guys really have bears there? Like, uh, like out in kind of the country, not in like DC proper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have like fox and deer and stuff in DC proper, but yeah, like sometimes in Virginia, I, I don't, I don't go that far though. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> oh no, those sound amazing. Okay. You guys, everybody listening, we're going to definitely put um, these three runs that Courtney is giving us um, in the show notes. So when you go to DC, definitely um, these are the places yeah, that you should yeah. run. You should definitely, um, you know, do these wonderful runs and um all right so now we've run now we're hungry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us where we should eat like okay we, we went on a morning run and maybe we want to go to brunch afterwards where would you tell us to go yeah dc is a big brunch town um in you know non-pandemic times but just like most cities we're also adapting in the pandemic and lots of outdoor options for dining and whatnot so, um, so it depends. There are a couple things. I mean, if you are visiting DC and you are looking for or something like iconic and maybe it's a little bit later and you don't want like breakfast food, you know, I have to give a shout out to Ben's Chili Bowl, which Ben's is historic. 
Um, it's black owned, has been in DC for decades. Benz was one of the only businesses that stayed open during the riots on U Street back when Martin Luther King was killed. You know, they serve presidents. They are just, it's a historic, historic restaurant. Um, it's not breakfast food. It's not brunch food. It's like chili dogs, right? Mm. It's like burgers, dogs, you know. So if you're running like a little later, um, that would be great. Yeah. So that's sort of historic. Um, where I, I like to go lots of different places. There is in the Eastern Market, a uh, part of DC, which is close to Capitol Hill. There's a great 24 hour breakfast place um, called Ted's Bulletin. They serve breakfast all day uh, and they also serve you know lunch and dinner as well, but I love a breakfast all day spot. So Ted's Bulletin is one of them. Um, another good place is a place called Cava Mezzi. Uh, it has a great brunch of like bottomless mimosas and like a great so, sort of like $35 per person deal you can do, um, which is often my kind of brunch. There's just, I mean, there's, there's so many options and I've been trying in the quarantine to support our locally owned restaurants because they're all been hit so hard and to, uh, to just get out there when I can. Cause you know, girls got to eat. Oh yeah, for sure. And I love that you are shouting out, you know, yeah, businesses that are and, yeah. black owned. I think it's so important, you know, to really, you know, highlight those black owned businesses and like, you know, patronize them. So yeah, that's really, absolutely cool. I love that. Um, Okay, so what about like dessert? Do you have, is there like a yummy place to go and like, I have a big sweet tooth <laughs> to go and have a good dessert? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, we have a lot of cute bakeries. Um, there's always, so there's Georgetown Cupcake, of course which is pretty infamous. The founders, another local business, the founders, I think they had like a TV show years ago. And so now there's always, or there used to be like lines around the corner of the shops and the cupcakes are pretty good. I, I very much enjoy them. So yeah, if you find yourself, uh, and Georgetown is close to a lot of trails too. So if you find yourself in Georgetown into the run, um, definitely I would, and the line wasn't too long, I would totally, pop in and now I kind of want a cupcake. Yeah. If you like cupcakes, they, they do delicious, delicious cupcakes. Cool. I love that. All right. We're going to write that down. We're definitely yes. going to go and get a good cupcake. And I love Georgetown too. It's so quaint and beautiful. So we'll definitely do that. Um, no. I think they actually ship I think they actually ship across the oh. U.S. Okay. Oh, even better. I, I I'm going to call them up and yeah. they can ship to us in L.A. <laughs> so you can, you can check that out. Yeah, <laughs> try and see how it goes. I love that. <laughs> now, th this one is, you know, we have our quote unquote stumper question. But for you in D.C., this is this might be the stumper question, um, which is what should I see? in DC, like points of interest, right? So now for you, I have to switch that up and say, what are the non-traditional tourist things that maybe I want to go see that's, you know, not the yeah. mall in Lincoln, right? You know, cause that's- mm -hmm. Off the could, beaten path. Yeah, you could go a mile long on the traditional stuff. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I think it's cool to focus on some lesser known, uh, local spots. So for example, the Howard Theater, which is in Shaw, um, was renovated and reopened maybe about five years ago, but it's historic. And it was, you know, one of the first theaters that was open to Black people in DC. And I mean, it just has this incredible history. And so to go see that, I think would be really fun. Um, and not too far from the Howard Theater, there's lots of cool murals. Um, so that's something neat to see. And actually DC has a ton of cool murals. So you could just like Google DC murals and cause they're always sort of popping up, which is really cool. 
Um, so the Howard Theater is neat. And then very close, you could go and check out just, you know, Howard University as well. I was going to ask you, obviously, on the campus. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, the theater is about quarter mile from the campus. So very close. Um, obviously, super historic, um, just an incredible institution. And, you know, right here in the smack in the middle of town. Another thing, I mean, I always encourage people to, you know, go and visit historic Anacostia. You can see Fred, Fred, Frederick Douglass's home oh, wow. um, in Anacostia, which lots of people don't know and don't go do. And it's sort of lesser known history and just like kind of right here and, and not in the middle of DC, but east of the river. Um, so that's another cool thing. I would say, let's see. You know, I, I think exploring some of the you know the trails and stuff is also super cool. Um, yeah, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. What else is sort of off the beaten path? You could do all kinds of yeah, those sound. movie tours. Okay. Like for example, you know, the Exorcist stairs in Georgetown. Oh my gosh, uh, really? Okay. I would have never the, thought. Yeah, that like that. that staircase that you know, it falls down or whatever. Those are like real steps that people, runners love them because you'll see like crazy runners like running up and down those, oh, those yeah. stairs. Okay. So it's like cool things like that that are quieter and lesser known and you know not the mall but there's also stuff that's on the mall that people don't know about like you know Theodore Roosevelt has Roosevelt's Island which isn't on the mall but it's this little like two mile around little loop little island and it's kind of hidden and you it's not something that people always see but that's really cool the FDR memorial is kind of tucked away in between in between like Thomas Jefferson and Martin Luther King, FDR is kind of in the middle. And I like to take people there. Lots of DC people don't sort of ever go that path. And that's really neat. There's a statue to his dog and his wife, which is just, I think it's cool. That's but awesome. I'm kind of nerdy, so. No, I love it. I'm nerdy too. I love all the historical places to go that are not so well known that you're kind of like, oh, I never thought of that. So that's really, thank you for that. That's awesome. Um, now I know DC, you know, obviously you guys get all four seasons. What's your favorite? What's the best, what would you say is the best time to Fall. come to DC? Fall. Okay. Fall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to wait a little while, make sure it's like actual fall, not like fake fall, which would be like 80 <laughs> degrees and still super humid. But I, I think fall is beautiful here. And also if you're, you know, coming out this way, you can drive a few, you know, couple hours and be on these beautiful trails and see, not sort of running trails, but, you know, on your, in your car and see the leaves change. I mean, we just have so many beautiful things really close by and it's, I love fall. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, were you going to say something? No, I was going to ask about the race. Oh local, yeah, 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 yeah. What's your, I mean, there's so many races. I, I mean, I know there's the cherry yeah. blossom, which is I've heard is, is beautiful. What's your favorite race? I think it's cherry blossom. Uh, I love the 10 mile distance. It's super fun. I mean, it's, it's crowded. A lot of people don't like it cause it's, it's crowded. The streets aren't super wide. Um, but I just, I love it. There's always crazy fast people who come from everywhere to race. You know, Meb was here a few years ago. We always just get amazing elites. And it's such a lovely little DC tour. Uh, sometimes the weather cooperates and there are still cherry blossoms. Oftentimes they're gone. One year it was so windy, they had to take down all the signage. <laughs> One oh, year there was an accident on the course the morning of the race. So the course was actually like 9.3 miles because they had to reroute up. Um, yeah, it's like stuff happens, <laughs> but I, I I love that one. Um, it's, it's my favorite to run. I love spectating Marine Corps. 
Um, I ran that once and I think that was a one and done for me, but I love cheering off four people while they're running it. I'm out there every year, but um, yeah, I would cherry blossom. Okay. That's cool. I, I know some people that are like diehard Marine Corps marathon fans are like have to do it every year. So that's interesting, but okay. Cherry blossom. It is. We'll definitely, we'll come and do that. And then, all right, we've done the race and we're going to celebrate. Do you have a place that you would say, go here and have a beer, a glass, you know, a glass of wine or a beer to celebrate? Uh, so there is a great, um, little, well, there used to be a great little woman owned wine, shop in my neighborhood, but unfortunately I'm hoping they're going to open back up. They've closed in the pandemic, um, which is unfortunate, but there's another great wine bar in my neighborhood that's called The Pursuit. And they have tons of awesome wine and they have really good food, uh, which is like totally my jam. Uh, Another local place that I love is called La Banya. And Lavagna is Italian, it's like homemade, super fresh. They also do a great brunch. I did not mention them, but they do a great brunch and have great drinks and just like the most delicious food. That was like for the first two months of the pandemic, that was like every two weeks I was ordering dinner from them because it's so good. Um, yeah, that's, I would probably go to one of those two places. Okay. Now I'm Ooh. starving. We haven't eaten. It's like five 30 right now. And I'm like, we haven't had dinner. Oh yeah. It's dinner time. I'm starving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about food. That's it. Um, I know DC is such a big city and I know there's so many options on, on places to stay, but if people were coming and they, you know, necessarily didn't want to spend a ton of money or like there's some hidden little gym or, you know, what would you recommend? Or would you say get an Airbnb outside of the city? Like what, what would be your recommendation? I mean, I think DC is a big Airbnb city. Um, So I think that that's some great options. Yeah, we have all of the big brands and everything. Um, You know, I think if people are trying to travel, you know, in the next couple of months, I think they can probably get some great deals. There's a ton of downtown hotels. And I I would tell people to um, find a hotel that's either from downtown centrally located or close to the metro so that you can get around. Um, I would not recommend renting a car unless you're planning on going out of the city. Um, It's kind of a pain in the butt, you know, parking is tight. (laughs) DC loves to ticket. They'll tell you, you know, it's just like, it's just like any other city, you know, it's kind of a mess. And, and DC has these traffic circles that um, it's crazy to me that more people like, don't get hit every day because they're often not intuitive and you just see kinds of all kinds of things. So I I would recommend trying to not drive if at all possible. So it's sort of like the downtown corridor um, or any level of hotel you can find there where you want something super fancy or something more affordable. Um, But, you know, the other option is picking an Airbnb in in a neighborhood that you can walk to catch the train um, because that's kind of cool, too. And then you get just you get to see like the the sort of real people of D.C., not just the sort of business part. Um, I mean, people live downtown, too, but it's a different feel in a neighborhood versus, you know, all of the buildings downtown. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think I feel like, you know, with Airbnbs, you, it's true, like you kind of really start to get like the real feel and the culture of a city, you know, you kind of you're next to yeah. people that like live there and you can just get more of a flavor than just the standard business hotel. So I, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah that's really cool. And keeping it local. Um, or or not, you know, or or locally owned. Are there any particular running stores oh, yeah. that you uh, frequent? That hey, I forgot my, I broke a shoestring, forgot my fuel, whatever. Where, where am I going to go around town to to grab and replenish? Yeah, so we have three great locally owned uh, running stores. So we have Pacers. Uh, Pacers running. They're awesome. Lots of locations around the city and outside of the city. Uh, And then we have Potomac River running. They're also great. That's probably uh, when we were in offices. That's probably where I went most frequently because there's a Potomac River running about a 
seven minute walk from my office. So that was where I would go if I was like, oh, I need to pick something up. Oh, I need to get this. I could just run out and get it on my lunch break or whatever. Um, and then we have a locally owned Fleet Feet uh, that's actually black owned in Adams Morgan, which is a part of uh, Northwest DC. And I used to go to the Fleet Feet because I used to live over there. Now I live way on the other side of town and I like, don't go any place that's not right in my neighborhood, but Fleet Feet is really great too. That is awesome. Okay. Oh my gosh, Courtney, thank you so much for yeah. taking the time to talk to us. Like you guys, this is amazing. Whoever, you know, if you haven't been to DC or you've been there, but you want to try some new things, definitely take Courtney's recommendations. We're going to have everything in the show notes. You are awesome. Thank you so much. And as we're wrapping up, we have one question that we'd love to ask. Um, if you could run anywhere in the world, where would it be? And why? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, well, let's see. I think if I could run anywhere in the world <laughs> right now, um, would probably just be like just on an island somewhere with beach and a hammock waiting for me with a cold mm. drink. Uh, and why? Because hammock and cold drink and sun and sand. And <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just dreaming of a time when Americans can travel freely as well. That would be great. Um, I actually would love, I sort of have this dream and this is probably something I think that you guys do a lot. I think I've seen pictures. It's like you finish a run and you like go into the ocean. That's yeah. like, not a thing here. <laughs> that seems like that would be really awesome. Like all you want is, you know, to cool off. And so that would be great. So I, yeah, I would love sort of any kind of setup where I could run, finish, cool off in the ocean and then like get in a hammock with a cold drink and a book. That sounds, that sounds perfect. And exactly, yeah. actually, probably what I'll start to make happen for my next vacation. <laughs> yep, I, that sounds pretty perfect. And yes, that's one thing that we love to do here in Southern California. It's like run the race, finish and jump in the ocean, which is also usually pretty cold. And it's like the perfect right. recovery, you know, jumpstart to your like recovery. Like an ice bath. Yeah, it's like an ice yeah. bath. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, um. So Courtney, where can everybody find you? I mean, I mean, you have so many people following you. I know you guys know who Courtney is, but for those who don't, where can everybody find you? Yeah, so if you um, are interested in following me, my handles are all Eat, Pray, Run DC on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, but I'm not super active on Facebook anymore. And um, uh, But I am on Twitter and I'm very active on Instagram. All right, you guys, Courtney Carter, thank you so much for talking with us. You're amazing. You're doing so many wonderful things for the running community. I'm so happy that I got to meet you in person. And hopefully when everything clears up and things go somewhat back to normal, um, we can meet up again sometime. Thank you. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks so much, guys. This was really fun. I always love to talk running. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, Courtney. A huge thank you to Courtney for coming on the show. Courtney, you are doing a lot of important work in the running community and beyond. We are appreciative of everything that you do to make the world a better place. Everyone, go right now and follow Courtney on social media at Eat, Pray, Run, DC. Follow us on social media at SweetRun, at NatRunsFar, and SweetRun.com. If you guys are loving the show, Do us a huge favor and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, everyone. Now, given the events that occurred just yesterday in Washington, D.C., we understand that it may not be high on your list of travel destinations right now. We have an inauguration coming up in just two weeks. Things will get back on track. And as you heard from Courtney, D.C. is a great place to visit. It's our nation's capital and clearly a wonderful place to run. File this one away for now, 
But when DC is on your itinerary, please refer back to this episode and enjoy all the wonderful things that Courtney shared with us today. Join us next week as we welcome our very first international guest. I wonder where we're going to go next week. We'll see you then. We will see you then.